Hello, I am Chico West. And I'm Shannon West. And this is Filter Optional. If you're watching, it just popped up, Filter Optional. It did. I'm the filter. And I'm the no filter. But if you're not watching, although I'm I'm, I'm feeling my filter deteriorate over time. I think it is. I think there's, I think people right now are hitting this COVID pandemic wall hitting it like again no it's like a like i'm I, thud it's like my, it's like whiplash it's covid whiplash yes like i mean i hit it it's going back and then we're coming back in and it's hitting it again and and you know i i hate to say this but yet last night you you opened my eyes a little bit um did i yes mm. you're yeah and and it's true it's like i have uh i have some activities Besides going to Casa, this yeah. is a Casa Kalina production. We're a men's 90-day program. So if you need help and you're a man, call Casa Kalina. Yeah. Ask for Kay. We're going to talk a little bit about that today, too. Yes, we are. But okay. I I was just thinking, it's like people are hitting walls, but I don't even think they're hitting walls. I think, man, stuff's being stirred up. And I don't even know if, it's, if they recognize it's being stirred up. It's like you're your own repeat cycle like on a washing machine it's like you do the same thing there's no options out there i have a few options because i'm an avid golfer i'm not any good but i'm avid yes yes and so i i you know last week i got home at five i played i played 18 well yeah i know and you you came in and see and it's stuff that you don't even realize that emotionally is setting me off like you came in and you were like I had like 10 pair of shorts and I can't find any. Sh- Where are all my shorts? And what I'm does like, that have to do with golf? Because you've been playing golf every day, like twice a day. Not and twice a day. I'm, I have not yes, played twice a day. I feel like you have. I no, feel like I've you, been playing at five o'clock in the evening. Anyway, and so you've been wearing all your shorts and I'm behind on laundry. Shocker. Because shocker, and I'm confused by that because you really don't leave the house. Because we're in the middle of a remodel, and I can't really get in and out of the laundry room so easily. And and the laundry is actually getting done because I get shit done, but it's not getting. So are you the no filter today? Yes, because okay. you just all of a sudden see you triggered me. I did, but I was going to tell you. If, anyway, can I because I, ha- my... I haven't hung them up, actually. You, you anyway. interrupted me, and I was going to say, oh. you you inter- you know, I mm-hmm. have I have my outlets. I, I play golf. You know, I, I get up early in the morning, have my quiet time. I head to Casa, you know, come back, maybe see some private clients. But then I, I go play golf. You really don't have a lot of getting outside the house no, i mean and you I've get sucked in i've been following the rules i have been following i'm following the rules the, i know you are but i'm that's why but i'm just saying i don't have i don't play golf so i don't have that outlet um and you told me last night you it our tv our internet was jacked up and you go i don't have an outlet and it was it was <sighs> like you were upset and it's like we need outlets yes. and the outlet doesn't need to be watching the news Right now, you and I have gotten sucked into all this college football, you know, baloney. Yes, well, uh, that's why I was so kind of depressed and down last night because I just wanted to check out to a mindless TV show because I had been sucked into the Twitter vortex. of. And so when this airs, there will probably be more decisions, but 
But as of today, as of today, at, it was yesterday. It. it was yesterday when the the Twitter universe broke the news that the Big Ten was canceling football, and then the Big Ten was coming back saying, "No, no decisions have been made. Don't quit talking about it." And then Trevor Lawrence started the hashtag We Want to Play campaign, and then everybody jumps on board with that. Nick Saban and, made comments. Yeah, Other I know it was crazy. Comments. So yesterday on Twitter was an extremely like negative, divisive. Like there's no unity anywhere. It was like this just whole like everybody's just building trauma and division just at every turn and whatever and so i was coming off i finally got i couldn't help myself though i I literally i couldn't help myself i needed to know what the information was coming in we don't even have an outlet for good information anymore the news sucks across the board i don't care what channel or where you land politically or whatever it all sucks. I can't get any good information anymore from anyone. I feel like I'm Little House on the Prairie, and I send you off to work and um, to gather the, the goods and whatever, and then I send the kids off to school, which I don't because the, the, who knows if they're going back to school. But then I send the kids off to do whatever they do, and I just stay at home and, like, get zero information. Or yeah, accurate or, or information. Accurate. It's but you it's, get a lot of information, but it's not real yes. accurate. And it's it. You know what the information is? It is so fear driven. I feel yes. This is my belief. Okay, and this is our podcast, so we can say whatever <laughs> the hell we want, and you don't have to listen to it. But I'm gonna give you my belief right now. It's like, you know, the these decisions that people are making. I understand. It's like, hey, we want to contain this virus. We're not disagreeing with. We that. are in a war. People are yes. dying. It I, is not. We, it is not a hoax. It is not fake. It is real and it is horrible. But if we step back, the people that are dying, most of them, majority, vast majority, are our age or a lot older. I know. You know, are immune compromised. You know, right. our son got COVID. He got tested. You know, he had it. He well, had it it's for a, a risk. few days. It's a risk to step outside of your house, but it's a risk to step out of your house at any point to get in a car, to whatever. It's a risk. To live. Yes, but if we <laughs> but, if we stop living and we lock down that's, everything, yes. it's it that here's the crazy thing is we're we're looking at we're we're looking at sports because uh, we're passionate about our neighborhood. We're passionate about the kids that our kids have grown up with. It's like it's a bigger risk. This is my belief that it's a bigger risk if we keep all these kids in DISD away from sports and stuff like that. It's like, yes. they, I, I can think that, man, there would be a higher rate of gangs or be a higher rate of I looting. I read a there tweet be, today I, that said, Shannon, it was I, a dad saying, it was a dad saying, I'd rather my kid catch co- COVID than a bullet. Yes. And so that's the deal. Is Hashtag we've had, we want to play. And that and here's here's what's going on is we've had a lot of those kids. We had one of those kids. We love Xavier Gibson. He's out at uh, Stephen F. Austin, but he could have gone the gang route right away. We saw where he was raised, but he is an incredible athlete. And it's given a lot and of an those incredible young man. And he's yes. smart and he's bright and he but deserves I, he deserves an education and he deserves to hone his craft. He deserves to, you know, um, to, to play. Well, and I I think about last week I got a, I got a text from Dante Smith. 
I know. I'm just. I'm, I know. I'm, I'm, ma- I'm making. Know. I'm getting fired up. I get it. And the deal is, Dante, you know, is in the Navy. But I think if this happened, you know, a couple years ago, before, you know, yes, that he could have gone down the route and not been in the Navy, and now he's married with a little kid. And I mean, he's a sweet kid. But they, uh, these but football, kids, football gave him a community and discipline. It gives, you all, know, kids. It gives all student athletes um, an education. A community, a you know, but not just discipline. football, all sports. I mean, yes, I think yeah, of yeah, soccer. I, agree, I, I think of I think of softball. I think of all these things that are going on. And and my deal is, people are driven by fear, you know. And so today's episode, I really want to spend some time how fear can manifest itself uh, to cover up trauma, to yes. cover up things that we don't even realize. This week. It's better I, to better to lock your door and shut yourself into a little box, into a little container, and hope for safety. Hope, hope for safety and security forever, without addressing what's really underneath that fear. And, and it's it's wild because That's, fear. I just it, it's almost. Circles. Uh, you're you're seeing more and more evidence that people are are starting to lose it, are starting to yes. feel cooped up. You know, there there's such bigger and sometimes, and I'm gonna say this, and you can, people can share with me and tell me that I'm wrong. They might. That um, and that's okay. There's bigger ramifications gonna happen in the sense of you know higher rates of poverty, higher rates of uh, teen pregnancy, higher rates you know of abortion, higher rates of um, you know economic. huge economic insecurity, depression, depression anxiety, anxiety, drinking, drugs, drugs. I mean, uh, domestic violence. Yes. I mean, it's just, it's, it's wild that everybody has a freaking opinion. Drinking and driving, things like that, even amongst um, older people, like if Uber's not running because you can't get an Uber because they're afraid. Yes. To put anybody in the But people are afraid to get in an Uber. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yes. both ways. So yes. if you're afraid to get in an Uber or there aren't any available, then it's just, it's a horrible. And yeah. here's the deal. There, I, mean, it is, I it's understand. In, it's an enemy that's invisible. It does suck. I mean, there is something to be said about, um, you know, fearing the unknown. And, um, but you have to figure out how to um, live with it, live with it and, and, and begin to address it and stuff like that. And so that's where I and was... we all fear different things. Like I, you know, I find that my friends that are hypochondriacs or my husband, that's a hypochondriac, you know, sometimes he fears more of the, like um, the health ram. Like, I don't want to be on a ventilator and I don't want to be in the hospital. Like those aren't my fears. Like my fears are more of the, like my mental health and like, you know, just, getting sick with my immune system completely being shut down because I'm being isolated and and shut in and but everybody's fear about the repercussions of the invisible enemy are different yeah people's fears are are different it's probably based on whatever trauma you've had growing up or yeah any of the wounds that you have and how you're being driven by those wounds and you know fear of not being heard I mean there's so many fears and I mean, we are a fearful culture and you're seeing a lot of people just being driven by that fear. And it's, and I hate to say it, it's like, we're almost like 
yes, let's let's protect the hospitals. Yes, let's protect people that are immune compromised. Yes, let's protect people that, you know, are older and stuff like yeah. that. Yes, wear the mask, wash your hands, do those things. But don't be driven by freaking fear. Right. You know, recognize your fear, own your fear, you know, begin to identify that fear. But man, it's just, I, I am fearful of the fear that everybody has. Yes, yes. And it's that is what's causing me so much anxiety. And it's anger. It's it, because what comes out of fear is anger. Um, in a lot I like to you want cases. to hear my little analogy yes. about fear It's yes. I like to use our dog buddy. Okay, yes. Okay, buddy is our little rescue dog. We have blue. Um, that's our dog. That's a big old white lab. That's just a lap dog lap puppy. dog a 90 yeah. pound lap dog but then we have buddy that's 18 pounds he's a mix of little everything and we rescued him and buddy is protective of our house and we have a a glass uh door you know at our front door man he comes and he charges and he hits it rah, 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 rah. Yeah. and all these kids that have been at our house they're scared of buddy yes. you know they think buddy's angry but buddy isn't angry he's fearful yeah he he yes, and so terrified what you're seeing is you're seeing all you know especially with all the race racial stuff happening in the world it's like people are fearful that they're not being heard people are fearful that other people aren't listening to them you know there there's all this fear but it comes across as anger yes right you know and so anger lots of times is that just that fear you know um you know just coming out it, com it comes up as a conversation stopper though like we talked about a few weeks ago with yes. robert and adria you know there's this conversation stoppers where it's like you know i told um somebody today that was talking about my personal experience actually having a college football player and what I thought about it. And I said, they need to play. He's already, he's already had the COVID he's already recovered. He's getting the best care and he's worked so hard. And I said, um, I said, but you know, I hesitate to share all that with you because you know, I really want to kill everybody. I want to kill teachers. I mean, I want teachers to die. I want everybody to die, you know, cause you know me well enough to know that that's something that I want. I, I really want teachers and, and, and coaches and, and my parents, I want my, yeah, my parents too. add them to the list. I'd like all of them to die. Okay. So, so right now, you know, if you're listening like and this... they've never met Shannon, that she's being so facetious, <laughs> Kevin, our Kevin, our producer, is laughing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like I get it. Yes. Yeah, you got it. And so, I mean, what what you're saying, Shannon, is, oh yes, that's what you want to do. It's a conversation stopper. Yes. When I say I want my son sons, both of them, to play football, to play, I want my younger son to go. I back want to all school. these kids. Like yes. That's just my opinion. I am allowed to have that, but I can't have it. Because people will say you're people, trying to kill people. That's right. You're, you're going to overwhelm. The, I want everybody dead. And it's like, hello, wake up, pull no, your head I'm out not. of your ass. I've been at home for five months. Yes. I have been at home. I have been doing my job. Everybody needs to take personal responsibility. Here, I thought we were going to talk about some other things, but now we're getting no. kind of fired up. But about here, here but I, I do want to talk about this because I think what's going to happen is you know at casa we yes we're big 12-step guys yes. you know yes we we try to give people that solution but i i wanted to get, really start a program when i had the dream of casa Kalina is to not just uh, help men 
uh, learn how to survive without drugs or alcohol. I wanted to help them learn how to thrive. And in order to help them learn how to thrive, I go, man, we got to unpack those wounds or, you know, those traumas. But man, we really give an environment that really uh, sets them up to unpack those those wounds. Because most of, I would say, probably everyone that comes in, you can answer this, it comes in angry and fearful. Oh yeah, angry, fearful. You know they, but their anger and fear manifest differently. Some right. you you outwardly see it like our dog Buddy. Others you might see it by their withdrawal personality, and it's right. like kind of that silent rage and stuff like that. Right. But or the un- depression, like or not un- wanting to get out of bed, and underneath like it all, everybody is wounded. Right. All these men that come to Casa from the young guys that are 19, 20 to the older gentlemen that are in their 60s and and 70s. What I think sets you apart in your programming is that if if somebody goes to a man goes to um, residential treatment and they most of all of them check it. Well, they check in fearful and angry in some way, however it manifests itself. But they come in and then they start and broken a lot of times. Yeah, but the, I don't even know if they're broken yet. I I would agree with that. You know, they're not quite yet broken. Yeah. Enough, and then they start treatment. And depending on the program, it's how much, how you know far are you going to break them to build them back up? Not that you break them, but what are you modalities are you going to use to help? break through that fear well, and that and, anchor. And so we, yeah, that's the great thing you know is that saying? that's a, that's a good question. I, today, Kay and I were talking to a, a good friend of mine, Steve uh, Lee, who's the, you know, head of business development at Cumberland Heights. Cumberland Heights is a great 30 day treatment model. They have 130 beds up in, up outside Nashville, you know, and it's, it's been around, you know, since the sixties and they do good work, but he, he was going, man, I want to know more about CASA. Since we're a small program, some of these larger programs do a great job, but they can't offer the kind of stuff that we can on a weekly basis. And so some of those modalities that you're talking about is, man, we have Rebecca that comes, master's level clinician, does this art therapy. And I agree. I was I was sitting in art therapy with her in process group and just watched her work. And I talked to a gentleman in his 60s. He goes, I, art therapy. I, when am I going to put together popsicle well, now, sticks? Wait, Chico, you kind of had that viewpoint of it before you brought it into Casa too. I was and getting so, there. Okay, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. so you oh, jumped no, I ahead. Just you. Gosh. I just know you that well. Okay, so, so back to the 60 year old man that was putting popsicle sticks. He goes, together. I thought this was popsicle sticks. I go, but I was in there and I go, I I was I was apprehensive. What is art therapy? How is that going to address the trauma? Those kind of things. It moves it to the different part of the brain uh, than your typical talk therapy and process groups. Right. It's like you they what she had the men at Casa do is uh, sculpt either you know through a sculpture or a painting uh, their family of origin. Okay, you know, yeah. and wow, this man had. He's been at Casa for about a month, and he's been trying to fix everybody. He is focused on everybody else instead of his own wounds and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Sounds like some other older people. Yes, that I know. and so he gets so focused on 
everybody else and wanting to hug them and want, oh, I'm here to. I'm here to yeah. care for you. Yes. Instead of deal Help with you. his right. alcoholism right. and the pain and wounds. And he painted this picture. It was it was incredible. It was, it was like of his family. And he had his parents as cockroaches. Oh, wow. And he was he and his siblings yeah. were in this bubble. And he starts to share it when Rebecca's leading it. And it was powerful. And yeah. I mean, he teared up. He got honest. He brought it into personal stuff. Man, the, I was watching the community. They connected with him. He got some freedom there. And then uh, he, he would have never made that connection just talking in talk therapy. No, he, she was asking the questions. What do you see it here? You know, it, yeah. So it just really moved. And he he then got there, and I, the only thing time I chimed in is he got there and goes, "I'm sorry." He apologized uh -huh. to the community, and I go, "What are you sorry about?" Oh, you're putting the bubble over them. Yeah. Do you see how you do it? And it just clicked for him. Yeah. And so we we do it through that art therapy, and it was it was a powerful. And I talked to him, you know, again today, and he just it just was really sinking it's in. It's kind of like the work I did at Onsite with codependency. Yes. You were doing that psychodrama. Yes. And yes. we do so psychodrama. That, you know. We got Mary coming next week. I know. That unpacked and and we use different objects and Mary's big on scarves and what the scarves represent and you know each each psychotherapist comes up with their own kind of props. Right, right. You know, but it's a it's a great avenue um with the psychodrama, we do that as well to really begin to, hey, you can you can have a conversation with someone that is no longer around, you know, and yeah. th those things can represent, you know, and you, you all of a sudden you dig into uh, these wounds that you didn't even know were playing themselves out. Right, right. And the fact that you're saying, I'm sorry, I do that too, you know, and they said, my therapist at Onsite said, you know, replace that with thank you. So he could have said, thank you for letting me share. Thank you for being an audience to this, you know, revelation that I've had, you know, instead of I'm sorry. Like, did he feel like he had burdened the group by his? Yes. Yeah. By like taking all the time or something or yeah or well and and I, mean, or I don't you know yeah and just opening up and getting raw and vulnerable yeah and he just apologized because, because here's the deal is when we get raw and vulnerable it's scary well he feared that they wouldn't accept him anymore Probably. maybe maybe yeah. I mean I don't know I can't yeah you weren't there so, I that's yeah. correct <laughs> I'm not I'm not him I mean I yes. Um, but but that's one of those modalities is is the art therapy and the art therapy moves from the left brain to the right brain and, and gives that opportunity to unpack maybe some traumas and wounds that we didn't even see. And then we can come alongside on an individual some basis. Of those, some of those buried things could be reasons that you drink in the first place. Yeah. And I believe too, Shannon, is that if, if men and women don't unpack those things, they might stay sober for a while and really work the steps and have that desire, but then they could have some kind of triggering event. You yes. know, you you were telling me that uh, Jen Shotwell, who's a therapist here mm -hmm. in town, was going, man, we got to address, a, she wrote a post or something. Yeah, no, we're going to have her on as a guest. Um, it just, we've just been so busy and she's so busy. Um, she Anyway, but she, she posted, she was just, I mean, she was just heartbroken for the mental health of 
people right now. And people um, relapsing and, and stuff people like rela- that. Relapsing and that, you know, that was more dangerous than COVID. You know, that's for a risk, you know, a high risk population like me with autoimmune stuff or elderly or addicts. That don't, that aren't, that they're not doing AA you know, meetings in person. Right. It's there, it, there's a lot of Zoom I, meetings. Isolation is the worst thing. And so Jen was saying, you all need to wake up and realize that COVID is killing people, but so is addiction and depression and anxiety and, and isolation. And what I was going to say is the reason I brought up Jen is that there might be, if if we don't unpack some of those wounds or, or you know, yeah. a lot of programs called trauma-informed and stuff like that, but if we don't unpack those things, they will, they will play out. Uh, you might have a triggering event, and I think this pandemic and people getting locked down can be a triggering event that people haven't even dealt with. Well, what else we're doing is John uh, Campbell, our, our clinical director, he – he is doing brain spotting. Brain spotting similar to I know, EMDR. And I don't know anything about. I don't know anything about EMDR. I don't even. I don't know what that is. I have played along. Like I know when people are like, "Oh yeah, I've been doing some EMDR and what I've played along. I have no idea what that is, and I have no idea what brain spotting is. So you might need to do a little mini education on that real quick. So it it's similar. What does EMDR even stand for? You know, eye or, movement. You know, uh, eye movement. movement. Okay, well that makes more sense. You know, eye movement something. Uh, E-M. Reaction Di- or? Dis- distortion uh, rea- reactivity. Okay. Distortion or something, something like that. Something like that. Okay. okay. But it's about eye movement. It's I thought about- it was electric. I thought it was like electric, like something. They put yeah. probes on your brain or something. And so brain spotting is similar because he's he's using these different techniques to, it. you know, I, I don't believe. I don't think it's it's not this, and I'm not going to say it's this, but, you know, when someone's being hypnotized, you're not being hypnotized or stuff like that. It's getting back to the recesses of the brain right? Uh, that have maybe trapped that trauma, and they're doing it through eye movement, you know, therapy. That's the EMDR. Well, people that have done it, they all say it works. Or the brain spotting. So, so it, it works because it uh, through, you know, with – with John and whoever's doing brain spotting, you're, you're using these little pointers and you're getting the person to focus on that pointer. And as a good brain spotting therapist or EMDR person, as they're focusing on that, then they can ask these questions, you know, that really get down back here the to therapist the therapist can ask yes, the questions okay. that they can really bring up this stuff in that safe environment while you're focused yes while you're focused so you're not getting distracted okay. by everything else and so, so it you is all are doing that now too because yes i mean Cirque lodge called you know zach today because lakewood uh sober living uh-huh. you know my partner in that sober living mm-hmm. zach was going hey who do you know that does brain spotting john does yeah. you know so they're, you know, they're looking for it. So other treatment centers are seeing, hey, the benefits of that. Right. And then talk yeah. a little bit. Do you want to talk a little bit about the equine therapy, too? Because that's fascinating. I've never participated in it. Well, I need to get you down there. Oh, I know. When I hear that, I know, I know those horses are going to hate me, though. No, it's you. The horses are I know. a giant hate me. lie detector test. I know. They're going to hate me because of me. <laughs> no, it's because of your fear. They can I'm, sense your fear. That's what I mean. It's not because they're going to hate me because I'm fearful of horses. 
Yes. The great, the cool thing is I was skeptical it's about that fear. too. I yeah. was, I was just your classic. I'm getting ready to celebrate 31 years of sobriety, but man, it, and I got sober and I, I did that. But then what, what happened is I, I luckily, uh, I, I continue to do my own work by going up to onsite by, you know, spending time if I need a check in with a therapist, but I've done the psychodrama, I've done the equine experience. It's like, I, I want to continue to do those things. I, I used to meet with my buddy, Kurt, you know, like, give a little week. story. Quit talking about you. Oh. Give a little story about the equine. I am getting there, okay? What I was, I was interested say. in that. I'm just wondering, yeah, Chico still does like maintenance type yes, things. Yes, I do maintenance type things. Thank you, Kevin. No I problem. appreciate That's that, you know. Oh, it's, it's like bro code up in here. Yeah. <laughs> but but Sorry, Shannon. But okay. Shannon, what I was saying is like the the good thing mm -hmm. is yes, you can do talk therapy, but like equine, like the art yes. therapy, like the psychodrama, like the brain spotting. But equine, it's like we we do talk therapy, we do groups, process groups, individual, those kind of things. But the the crazy thing with art therapy, with psychodrama, with brain spotting, and then equine, it, it moves to a different part of the brain. Right. Okay. So equine is we're using horses. The guys are not riding the horses. There's no, no riding. Right. There might be some grooming. There might be some other things like that. But we have Kelly and Babs. Kelly is the licensed therapist. And Babs, I mean, she's a freaking therapist, but she's not. We, yeah. She's our horse specialist, yes. you know, and she really knows how to handle the horses yeah. um, and stuff like that. And, and we've got men in there that have ranches and been on horses and they want to just break and overpower the horse. Yeah. You know, and that's not the right way. I mean, so Babs and Kelly are truly great horse whispers, but they set up an environment because what horses are, they're prey animals. That's why their eyes are over on the, you know, side of their head mm -hmm. because they, they've been preyed upon their whole existence ever, you know, since the beginning, you know, of time. Yeah, you know, so they're so, prey, not predators. They're not predators. Right. And so they're always, you know, on the Looking defense. Around. Yeah. Okay. And with that, they have an innate ability to sense danger or fear or people's anxiety or depression or stuff like that. And so we'll do different exercises that these men that maybe have been in groups or individuals, you know, are, are blocked off, but we're doing this on a weekly basis. And then all of a sudden they're spending time with horses and the horses don't lie. You know, if if we're asking them to take them through a little obstacle course or or to groom them, they they might go to the other part of the arena and leave. The you know, horse will. The horse will. And you can't stop a 1,200-pound no, animal. No, and you shouldn't. You know, and you might try to, and but if the horse senses that you're part of his herd, they will follow you. You know, and so we, so what, uh, Babs and Kelly do is they do a good job talking about the herd. Maybe it's a, you and just the horse, or maybe it's a group of you. Yeah. And if you're not connected with other members in your group, that horse will leave you. Yeah. But if you're connected, it can pick up and sense that. I remember years ago, when I say years ago, it was actually three years ago, and we were we were doing, um, you know, equine, and I was meeting with this this man that was in his late forties, and he had a conversation with a 75 year old mother and it did not go well yeah and he was from the midwest and he came down but he always presented like he had his shit together right 
been to multiple programs and stuff like that, but then came down and put a smile on his face and they, you know, had an activity and they were asking, you know, him to, you know, just connect with the horse. And he'd been with us for about six weeks and he'd connected in the past and man, Cochise had nothing to do with him. Yeah. And we start asking him questions. Oh no, everything's fine. Fine. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. I knew what just happened because I was on that phone call. Right. I saw it all of a sudden. Well, okay, what is Cochise telling us? You know, Cochise doesn't want to be around you. Right. Cochise is going, wait a minute. He's but Cochise in the past, as, and Cochise is kind of our stoner horse that's just chill. Yeah. You know, and so you really got to have a stoner horse <laughs> in, at a <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea. But. <laughs> that's kind of funny, Shannon. Literally. Uh, yeah. yeah. Right. No, but right. Cochise is just our, our old stallion. Yes. Yeah. And yes. so he's just laid he's back chill. and chill. Um, but Cochise took off, didn't want to have anything to do with this man. So we start asking questions. And I just asked the question with, you know, the, the horse therapist and, and counselor there. And they go, how was your phone call? You think it has anything to do with your phone call with your mom? You know, and he broke down and goes, I'm a 49-year-old man, and she's still supporting me, and, you know, I've gotten divorced, and just, boom, just started wailing. And he's not even facing Cochise. Cochise came from the other side of the arena, came up and put his head right on there. Uh -huh. And then he yeah. just connected and even melted more. And it's like, whoa, powerful experience. Yeah, completely. I, I had a... I didn't have a, a similar, the same experience at onsite, but you know, I've always been afraid of horses and, and we don't do equine. At, we didn't do equine at onsite, um, during the week that I was there, but I stayed in the cabin right by the, um, fence where and the this, horses were. And this episode is presented by onsite. <laughs> no, it's not every episode, every episode presented. ever yes. since Shannon yes. went to onsite is presented yes. by onsite. Yes, they give me no kickback. They just gave me. We need to get freedom. on site to pay um, for some of these episodes, <laughs> right? But so I um, would walk up. I you know I would walk up to the horses before a meal or something, and man, they just would not talk to me until I till like the last day before I was leaving, and I was like, oh, now now you're gonna talk to me. I think the horses talk to you because you're. Because you had gotten rid of I a had. lot yes. of crap in yes. your life. Completely. A lot of old traumas that you didn't even know were there. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Is I know. That's what I'm saying. You didn't even know that stuff, and you shared that stuff, and you unpacked it. And, yes. And it was, it was playing out. And you were, hey, you're not an addict. You know, you're the PTA president. You're I am big, not the PTA you, president. You were the PTA president. <laughs> I have been before in the yes. past. but You got I, two I, Lifetime no. Achievement Awards yes, for the I PTA. Did. I did. Yes, I did. Yes. I mean, you are yeah, an overdoer, but you you had this uh, this trauma and these wounds that you had never unpacked. Yes. You were, and here's the deal, and you're not an addict. Right. That's why I'm saying we all have them. Yeah, well, for sure, yes. Now, some of us, it manifests into really destructive behaviors. Yes, yes. You know, and can well, really Well, I was self-destructive with my codependency and everything and trying to help everybody and do everything for everybody, and that's totally self-destructive. Yes, but... But, but yeah. that, those are the things. Anyway. So at Casa, we do a lot of those different things. That's why I just wanted to share which it. Is why, which is why it, it seems that um, 
a lot of places have really good success and success rates, meaning that someone graduates and then stays sober and, um, you know, has a fulfilling life, a thriving and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that happens all over, all over the place. But we can only speak for CASA. It's like we can only use I statements, but we can speak for CASA that when people leave there, if they've participated in the program, if they put into the program what we offer, they might have a little bit of a leg up as far as thriving and not just. Well, I, I, and I'll, I'll say this is like, you know, you got Chapter House, you got Lighthouse, you got uh, New Day Sober Living down in San Antonio, you have um, uh, Lakewood Recovery. You know, you have Cardinal House. You, you have all these extended care sober living programs. They go, hey, we love the CASA guys because we know they're going to be further along and these are people than that other programs. Or sober living, so they get guys after residential treatment. From all over. Care for, yeah, for extended care. And so now, they, one of the benefits is mo we are 90 days. So if you're coming out of a 30-day model, we can't do the work that we do right. at CASA right. in 30 days. That's why we're a 90-day model. Right, right. Uh, so those those are those things. Because we always say that it's a true, you said true 90-day program because it's not like 30 days and then it's a hit repeat. Like if you go to camp, like when our kids used to go to, well, one of them went to Camp Ozark, they only offer camp for a week at a time, but he wanted to go for two weeks, so he did do two weeks, but they do like a week, and then they take a little pause, and they spend the night with their cabin one night, and then they do another week. It's like, it's not treatment on repeat, like no, 30 days and then repeat, 30 on, days and then repeat. Yeah, it's no, not treatment on repeat, it's a 90-day packing more yes. wounds, more, not, now they're doing a lot of the same stuff. They're doing art therapy every Monday, they're doing psychodrama every Wednesday, they're doing that two-day intensive. But that's why if you choose to commit to 90 days, you're going to get a whole lot more out of it and everything. And the 90 days is generally the cost of a of other 30-day programs. Hands down. So you're going to get a lot more bang for your buck. Yes. Really. But, um, and, they, and they're doing great work, yeah. and we're working with families. But I like yeah. this episode. I thought it went well. What do you it's think, good. Shannon? I think it went well. It got my mind off of the world for a half a second. And um, we yeah. just hope everybody takes care. And, you know, we all got to fight this war together. Amen. We are, we're all in this together. Amen. But, I like yeah. it. Take care. Peace okay. out. Thank you. Thank you.